Welcome to the Peach and Black Podcast, your central place to hear unofficial news, reviews, trivia, and intelligent discussion on all things happening in the Prince world. Featuring the hosts, MC. You know, it's got all those classic Prince elements. Captain. Why wouldn't you just record as much as you could? Player. It's just like a story chest of ideas. Toe Jam. Either version. I love both versions. And other special guests. Hi, this is Larry Grant. And you're listening to the Peach and Black Podcast. Hi, this is Ricky Peterson, and you're listening to the Peach and Black Podcast. What's happening, Australia? This is Tony M. from the New Power Generation. You're listening to the Peach and Black Podcast. Hey, everybody, this is St. Paul Peterson, and you're listening to the Peach and Black Podcast. Hi, this is Eden Nelson, and you're listening to the Peach and Black Podcast. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Peach and Black podcast from the land down under. That is Australia, for anyone who's wondering where the land down under is. Uh, And we are back again (laughs) for another show, another world-famous Peach and Black episode with the panel player. This is common sense. Toe Jam. A man, a man, a man, a man. Captain. Hell is that? It's in their song. That's Didn't the you listen to the tracks closely enough? <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> you want to oh, try you that? Mean, oh, you're doing the tracks, right? 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 Jeez, <laughs> oh, what an intro! And uh, it's me, Robert, in the place to be in front of our microphones, ready to share our thoughts with you, the Peach and Black listeners. So, look, let's get straight into things. Recently, we passed the one year. Anniversary, is that the right term? It's been a year since Prince passed, basically. And um, it's been a very difficult year for a number of reasons. We've covered all that in previous shows. Uh, It's never going to get any easier. One of the things that makes things easier and makes things more bearable is music. The music of Prince, listening to it, enjoying it, you know, partying, dancing, doing all that good stuff. But ironically, one of the things that's been missing over this last 12-month period is anything considerably new as far as Prince music has been concerned. And I think it's safe to say that for the last year, people have been thirsty, hungry, in some cases desperate to hear something, anything new. And it was always going to be a question, right, guys? Who's going to release the first bit of music? Is it going to be Warner Brothers? Is it going to be a record label? Is it going to be the estate? Is it going to be someone else? Who's yeah. one single track? That's all the estate technically has released. That was unreleased. Exactly. And there's questions whether that track actually originated from the vault. And we'll leave it at that. <laughs> so you know, at best, it's one song that has never been released on a, on an official release to the listening public. And to Prince's fans. And that's basically it, as you guys just said. But hey, the fans got what they've always wanted. Which is? Single edits. <laughs> Seven inch, never Single released before edits. on CD. <laughs> because exactly, that's exactly what I want. I want the full Prince song cut down. That's exactly <laughs> You want to hear less of that good stuff that you love so much. Yeah. You know this guy, Prince, who does all this great music that you'd love so much? We're going to give you less of that. That's what you want. 
goodbye forever so that you can hear the truncated album version. The you know the big guitar version. solo near the end of that song? We'll just cut that out so you don't have to waste any of your precious time listening to it. We'll just fade it out. You won't even yeah, get to a, hear it. That's fine. It's a quicker listen, right? You get through the album quicker. You can go back to doing whatever else you were doing. Done. Can I just insert this now? If the estate or Warner Brothers are listening to this podcast, if the Purple Rain Deluxe has a, a full disc full of single edits, <laughs> let me tell you right now, that is not what we want. <laughs> that is not what we want. We've got the main version. We've got extended versions. We don't need a shorter version. It does not make sense. We've all got audacity. We can make our own single edits if we really want to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, look, especially when we know there's a 30-minute version of I Would Die For You sitting there. No, instead, give us a bunch of 7-inch edits. Yeah, great. Yeah, and a 20-minute version of Adore and a 10-plus-minute version of Lay Down and all that other stuff. So, <laughs> But anyway, we digress. Getting back to what I was uh, referring to, this this lack of... Prince music over the last year, new Prince music, I should say, all of a sudden, very, very recently to, I think, much to everyone's surprise, it came out of nowhere. Yeah. A few days before April 21st, 2017, as player said, out of the blue, through various unrelated media sources and websites and forums and announcements, there was this announcement about a new well, first of all, Prince music that's never been released via a new EP. There was a new Prince EP coming out, and it was called Deliverance. Also via a new website, which the estate never thought to register, <laughs> PrinceRogersNelson.com. <laughs> it's unbelievable, isn't it? How that didn't it? happen, I don't understand. So you can imagine, not only us, but other hardcore Prince fans and Prince fans in general, and anyone interested in, in hearing anything new by him or anything unreleased by Prince the Artist, you know, you, you read the press release, you know, Spin Magazine are talking about all these reputable media sources and outlets are telling you that there's a new EP coming out. It's a few days before the celebration at Paisley Park. Captain just mentioned the, the website. You know, it sounds like a, an official website from the point of view that it's his name. So everything's kind of stacking up and everyone's just licking their lips thinking, wow, it's finally happening. The tidal wave of unreleased Prince music is starting to come out. And I think I think excitement in the Prince community was incredibly high. It was. Uh, it, I was I was licking my lips too, like LL Cool J, because you've got to <laughs> like not only when you hear about unreleased Prince music, you know, you read about titles and stuff that he's worked on, but all of these tracks that are on this EP, like they haven't been in Prince circles that no one was aware of them existing previous to this. So that's what was probably the most surprising to me was that, mm. you know, we've heard all these other tracks, you know, of unreleased stuff that's potentially out there. But when you hear of ones that you don't even know of, it's, it is surprising. It's a nice surprise. Yeah, that was yeah, probably it's... the most interesting thing is that almost, if not anyone, had even heard of these tracks before. I mean, there's always yeah. titles floating about and it's like, oh, I've heard that name of that song before. And there's always a few people who are like, yeah, I've got that track somewhere. But these just came out of nowhere. It came out of nowhere, songs we've never heard of. It was great. Yeah. I actually thought my, my first suspicion was, oh, this is just going to be a fake thing. It's going to be like someone's just made a whole lot of fake Prince demos, which, is often, which often happens, and it's not going to be him. But yeah, as soon as you hear that so voice, cynical. you're like, no, this is the um, legit. Yeah. We know, we know a Prince voice when we hear one. And... To player's point about that surprise, I think that just elevated whatever excitement was already there, just elevated it to another level because it's like, and we don't know anything about this. So you're instantly curious to hear it, to learn more about it and to just 
get your earphones on and start, you know, enjoying the music. And so basically that's what people did. It was actually supposed to be available, I believe on the 21st, but it was made available through that website earlier. And so the music was available to listen to, to purchase in MP3 form, in FLAC form, and it was going to be released in, in a physical format via CD and also to streaming services. And then all of a sudden, and we'll cover this very quickly, but things got a bit crazy. I think it's safe to say that that's an accurate reflection of what happened. Uh, people <laughs> the crazy started- thing is that this entire thing all happened within about three hours <laughs> from the time all the media, all these different media places started saying, oh, there's a new EP to the website link being put out, everyone going to the website. And then still within about three hours, there was all these other reports then that the lawsuit was coming from the estate and they were going to try and block it. And yeah, if you just wait, were in the certain time zone and, and this was happening in the middle of the night, you would have just woke up and you're like, what the hell did I miss? Because mm. it all happened in like three hours. It was insane how quick it just went from no one knowing anything to just mental craziness. It was, it was crazy. But you know what? Another factor to that craziness is, is when you think there's a new Prince track out, you think, oh, this is official. This is from the estate. And then the estate comes out and goes, no, hold up. This isn't official. And it's like, well, what's going on here? This is unreleased music. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. <laughs> and it seems it seems pretty official. Like it's got a cover, a website, uh, you know, a, voice on a little video. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's just, it's like, okay, what is going on? Mm. And so a lot of those questions have been answered. So basically, in summary, what's happened is someone who was Prince's ex-engineer and potentially a collaborator based on what he claims, put this music together, tinkered with it a little bit. It was music that was recorded, let's say, 10 years or so ago. And this guy's had this music in his possession. He's played around with it a little bit, changed the arrangements, added bits and pieces, and then decided to release it a few days before the one-year uh, anniversary of Prince's death. And we now know, based on what the estate have put in place via the lawsuit and also what's available online with regards to what they think about the whole thing, uh, we now know that the estate is not supporting this. This is not official, officially released Prince estate-backed music. And uh, the drama continues. So, we, we, you know, we may get into things more detail later on, but basically the reality is that the music's out there. It's been heard. We've heard it. Many fans around the world have heard it. And that's what we're here to talk about. So let's talk about this. Look, look, the village people said it best. You can't stop the music. That's all I've got to say. <laughs> The music's out there, the estate can block it, they can turn the website off, but everyone who's already downloaded it, they're just going to share it with everyone else. It makes no difference now. It's out there. It's it's game over. It's game set and match. The Deliverance EP, for lack of a better term, has 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 been released and it exists. And whoever's deleting it, it really doesn't make any difference. The music's out there. So based on what we remember of hearing this music, we're going to talk about the Deliverance EP. And let's start with... The first song, the title track, Deliverance. Normally when we do these kind of album reviews or or reviewing songs, but I want to add something really quick before I say that. And I want to say this. What was the first response, your emotional response when you heard the beginning of this song? Because for me, this is kind of a pivotal situation. It's We've been waiting for this music for over a year and all of a sudden we hear Prince's voice again 
something that we've never heard before. That's what I'm getting at. So we'll talk about the song, obviously, but I'm really keen to find out what you guys all felt like when you first pressed play on Deliverance and then give us your thoughts on on the actual song. So uh, why don't I hand it over to uh, Player? Give us your thoughts on what you first what what your first reaction was when you clicked play on Deliverance. I thought it was really refreshing that it was it's kind of minimalistic. This guy that's released it could have overdubbed the crap out of it with like a lot of bells and whistles. But even though it's been enhanced, it still seems kind of raw and bluesy and uh, it just it just has a really cool vibe to it. And the thing is, is like we don't know what's been added, what the original sound was, but whatever he's done to it, it still seems to keep that kind of rawness intact. So that was my first impressions on it. And what do you think of the song? Yeah, I love the song. I think it's very churchy. Like I was trying to think of a song that it compares to, and the only thing I can think of is Still Will Stand All Time, but it's very yes. different to that song. It's very different. I think Still Will Stand All Time is a bit more, I don't know, it's got that uplifting vibe about it. Yeah, I think they're two different tracks, but that's the only one I can think of that comes to mind that I can sort of relate it to. But it's got that killer guitar solo in it. The lyrics are really interesting. And like it's getting radio play here in Australia. Or it did when it the week it was released. Really? So what? it was on Triple M apparently. So what? um yeah, which is amazing. It's if uh, for listeners overseas, Triple M's like a hard rock. rock rock station in Australia. And they very rarely play prints that I would know of. I don't listen to that radio channel, but for them to play it, it's 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 a pretty major kind of thing that a, a, a rock station would like uh embrace something like this. But um, yeah, I think it's really cool. It's something like, I don't know, I'm not really that familiar with the catalogue of Jeff Buckley or anything, but it, it just kind of sounds, it's got this rawness. I, I don't know if it's, you know, still like a demo, you know, if it was just an idea that he had, but I think the rawness is what makes it refreshing. It's really cool. I like it. All right, all right. Uh, Captain, the background early on in, in your review was yelling out, yeah, when you said it would stand all time. So let's get Captain's thought. What, it does. It does have that vibe. Yeah. But what did you, Captain, what did you think? What was your first response when you clicked play? And then what did you think of the song? When I first played it, and strangely, every time I play, I still get like the same wow feeling, which is cool to have not just on the first time, but even when I was just playing it today to review it. Every time I start it, and there's that little guitar bit at the start, I'm just like, oh, wow. It's good. And um, the song itself, it's really not that different. It's really your typical Prince track, really. But it's just that we've had nothing, no new music. Mm. It doesn't matter that it's just a, um, really, maybe you could say it's just an average Prince track, but because we've been starved, it's great, even just to get this. So it's, I think it's better than I think it is. It's not as good as, I don't know, I don't even know what I'm saying. Anyway, the song, <laughs> it starts off with some nice little guitar. Great falsetto all through this song. A few people have mentioned the lyrics are a bit religion heavy, but I couldn't tell you. Toe Jam, maybe Toe Jam will know about the lyrics. I'll get there. Um, you'll get there. There's some really nice guitar in the background in the second verse. It's not buried, but it's not right up front either. The weird thing with this song is there's not really a chorus. There's like a build up mm. to a chorus, and then there's a big like, this is the chorus, but nothing really happens. And then it like goes back to the quiet verses again. It's really weird. Yeah, it's. I don't know how that works. I don't know. There's a bit of chanting. You're right. There's a bit of a chant at the end, but but yeah, there's no actual chorus to speak. Yeah, it's not like a repeated thing he says in the chorus. I have heard him say deliverance a couple times in the track, but yeah, a typical pop chorus is not in this track. 
244, good little guitar solo, some great high notes, some nice vibrato. Most likely a whammy bar, but I'll I'll forgive it. It's it's not was, too I bad. Waiting. I had that in my notes. I was waiting for the whammy comment. <laughs> it's there, but it's yeah, it's not awful. I'll I'll let it go this time. In the outro, buried in the mix, three twenty four, three twenty five. There's these two just killer, really high guitar notes. Listen to that, and just this is the guy. This is the guy that we listen to. It's just good stuff. I said this the other day, I'll say it again. If we didn't know anything was added to these tracks, we wouldn't have a clue. That's my opinion. Mm. But because we know that he, you know, he added some keyboards here and there or a, a choir or whatever to some tracks, then now we're listening to that going, oh, that's not Prince, oh. So what? If you didn't know that that was done, you never would have had a clue. No one would have picked it, I think. But anyway, the funny thing that this particular track did, not the rest of the EP, but this first song, it made me do something I didn't really think would happen. I went back and got Planet Earth and had to listen to it. No, I cannot believe you said that because I did exactly the same thing. Well, I only that got through so the first weird. two tracks. Oh, I listened to the whole. I listened to the whole album. <laughs> that was as far as I could get. I got two tracks in, and I'm like, "That's enough of that." Okay, <laughs> but this track is—it's pretty much better than almost anything on that album. Yeah. I think. Even though we're not sure exactly when it was recording, it was like between Planet Earth and Lotus Flower, so somewhere there. But this song is a good song. But I actually prefer the other songs on this EP. But we'll get to that soon. Hmm. All right, Toe Jam, what was your first response when you clicked play after not hearing new Prince music all year? And then what do you think of the track? Well, I, I actually had absolutely no idea what to expect because I hadn't really been keeping up to date with reading what what was happening and everything. And I was I was reading things, some people saying fake and people saying, oh, it's overdubbed. My honest first thought was that, oh, this is going to be like some fake instrumental demo and someone's just claiming it to be Prince. <laughs> um, but the moment you hear that guitar at the beginning, it was like Captain said, it's like, this is the stuff. This is the legit stuff. And I think my first thought was like, uh, this is the first genuine new Prince song I've heard since probably like Free Yourself which was like, I think, late 2015, early 2016. I think maybe If I Could Get Your Attention came after that, but that was a bit of a bit of a demo. And to hear that full Prince sound, the big chorus, the guitar, like it was it was very refreshing. I think one of you guys said refreshing before, and that, that's exactly what it was. I don't think there's been that much done to this song at all. I, I can't pick it if it has. I mean, maybe a choir, maybe some background keys or something. I, don't, I have no idea, but I mean, it sounds to me like what you'd expect Prince to do anyway. So Yeah, all I read somewhere was... He added the choir and like a, a bit of keyboards here and there, and that's. But it sounds like he would have like. It sounds like that's probably what Prince would have done anyway. So everything that yeah, he did, it sounds yeah. perfectly fine. It's not like obvious that it's not Prince. Yeah, I kind of disagree with that because in Prince's music, he used the steels, which was like a choir up until about '93 or so. In his music, he doesn't really use much of a choir. Maybe he might overdub his own voice, multi-layer it to make it sound choirish. But when this choir came on, it's like even in, in that era of Planet Earth, Lotus Flower, there wasn't any choirs that he was using. So when they came up, it was kind of like, oh, well, this is surprising, you know. That, that's an interesting point, actually. Yeah. So to me, that's kind of seemed a little bit out of place. They fitted that into the song, which, I mean, it, it sounds good in the song, but that's one thing that I thought, well, you know, that's kind of uncharacteristic of that era, is that yeah. choir he always sound. Su- he always did surprising things. Yeah, he did. I read on some website that the backing vocals are the twins. I read that too, and I was like, there's no way that's the twins. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, the no, original. I, I, he removed the twins, was, yeah, the, and the, 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 given the chance, wouldn't we all? 
<laughs> well, supposedly the original version of this song had the twins doing those background harmonies and Prince was aware of that and liked what the twins were doing and he liked what it sounded like with them on the track. But Ian Boxill has replaced the twins with a choir and we haven't heard the original, but you would assume you're not going to get a, a, a choir sound quite like what's on this track with two voices. Do we know what choir is used? I don't, well, I don't know what choir is used, but just quickly before we still toe jams thunder, I did read that uh, the estate were either aware of or even present during the recording session of the choir on this song. Yeah, I read that too. And then at some point, they just walked away from the whole thing. Yeah. So, so I don't, don't know what went down. We, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll never know. Well, we'll either we'll never know or it'll come out in the wash. But supposedly they were either in the room or that they were aware that this was going on. So th- th- they, were, they were fine uh, with it. They were aware of the music before it was released is is being touted as common knowledge at the moment. So, yeah, strange, strange stuff going on. Sorry, Tojim. Okay, where was I? It's a very standard kind of gospel kind of chord progression. Um, it reminds me of songs like obviously Planet Earth, The Love We Make gold still would stand or time it's like it's it's one of those kind of songs you know these big sort of gospel four chord just solid chords moving around slowly i think his vocal delivery is really good there's some really great screams he's the full voice you've got highs you've got lows you've got a real classic james brown hey in there at one point which is really cool mm. big guitar solo i've written it's not as good as planet earth guitar solo but it's still a bloody good one uh, I've got to talk about the lyrics. It's very, very religious heavy. Um, <laughs> this is not religion, Tojam. What are you talking about? <laughs> this is common sense. That's one of the lyrics <laughs> I don't like. I mean, I'm sorry, but it is religion. <laughs> He's taking you to church, man. Yeah, but I don't and like it. He doesn't it. like it. <laughs> James, let your regular church go. He's dragging him in and he's running away. (laughs) I I just find it's, you know, and, you know, this is, this goes with a lot of these Prince lyrics. So this is nothing new, but like it kind of has, especially the Rainbow Children in that era, it has that kind of, you know, you're either with us or against us kind of thing. You know, you're either with the people who are spreading the good news or you're just, you know, an unruly person with like nothing. And it's like, mm, it's a bit more subtle than that. There's, there is in, one interesting lyric uh, that I had to listen to a few times to make sure I was hearing it right. And this this really kind of gives away the era. At one point he says, can somebody say Katrina Levies? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. I'm guessing it's yeah. Hurricane Katrina. You know, it's obviously talking about some funding that you know is, isn't getting through or something. So that's a really interesting lyric. He's out of nowhere. You know, Prince, he loves singing about the apocalypse. So this, you know, your deliverance is at hand, you know. There's nothing man can do until God, you know, until God intervenes, he's going to be around. Like the apocalypse is coming. It's like classic Prince theme that he sings about all the time. I like the big chorus at the end. It finishes very much like still would stand all time. I think it's a solid track. I mean, it doesn't sound, I think Captain said he was worried that it sounded better than it possibly is because it's been so long that since we've heard a new track. But, you know, I think I think this would make a solid album opener or closer, like like something like Planet Earth. Like it wouldn't, um, you could swap those two tracks and it would, wouldn't make the album any any better or worse. So I think it's a solid track. Hmm. Okay. A lot of agreement here. People loving this song, generally speaking. But you know when you said, Tojan, when you just said you could replace Planet Earth with this yeah, and it could be a good album opener or closer. Uh, let me guess. You've already done it. You've resequenced Planet Earth. You've done yes, it. I have. Yes, I have. <laughs> yeah. How, how did you know? Guess. How could oh, you possibly? It's so predictable. It's so predictable. <laughs> Holy cow. Actually, my f- listening to this the first time and, and thinking about Planet Earth, my, my big question was, which came first? Was Planet Earth an attempt to do better than Deliverance or was Deliverance hmm. 
uh, an attempt to do better than Planet Earth that he just never got around to finishing or something. Like, because they're they're very similar songs for like a similar era. Mm. Uh, they're obviously like very close together, I think. Yeah, and a similar sound mix as well. Yeah, Toe Jam, you've seen a rock on the shore and ask if it's always been there. <laughs> Let's Rocks not go don't down talk that rabbit back hole. to you, but whatever. <laughs> um, That's what religion does to you. Let's not go down that rabbit hole. So basically, with the Planet Earth album resequence, I'll cover this very briefly. It's hardly a resequence. All I've done is replaced the album closer on planet earth resolution with uh, this song with deliverance and it works mightily well you've single-handedly increased that album's worth by like a third yeah <laughs> pretty much um, i'm not a hater of that album either by the way oh neither because am i just but it does end a bit it ends pretty weekly yeah it does and when you put deliverance on the end of that album boom it just goes up in anyone's estimation i think but Plus, yeah, it's mu- putting Deliverance at the end, and given the sound of this track, it's the perfect mm. bridge between this going into Lotus Flower. Oh, that, yeah, I never even thought of that. I, I thought you were going to say it's the perfect thing to do from a sound, like it just sounds like it's supposed to be on that album anyway, but you're right, it actually does, yeah. The sound continues. MC, you wouldn't sequence this track into Lotus Flower? Oh, maybe, but I, I think it suits, the reason why I did it for Planet Earth was because I think it su- suited that thematically more, you know, like mm-hmm. it starts with Planet Earth and it's got... We, we know what the songs in the middle are. And then it kind of ends with resolution and resolution is kind of similar to deliverance. Like they both mean, they're obviously different meanings, but I think those two songs are connected. And this, I mean, this song is much stronger than resolution to me. So that's why I did that. And I've heard that back a few times now and it, it's much stronger. But anyway, I digress. My first reaction when I heard this was relief, actually, because... It's that moment, you know, it's been a year, you're waiting to hear those first few. And I was like, oh, gee, I wonder what this is going to sound like. I was almost a bit nervous. I was hoping that it wasn't a fake, but I was hoping that it was half decent. And man, after you first press play, I was like just sitting there transfixed by the music. Not so much necessarily what he was singing about or the lyricism, but the music itself, like that great gospel beginning with the choir. It moved me. It's a moving piece of music. And like Captain said earlier... He's heard this song back a number of times now, and it still it still does something. Like, it still makes you feel. It kind of captures your attention, and there's an energy to it. So there's something special about this song, and I, I think it's significant that this is really, regardless of the circumstances, this is really the first piece of music that Prince fans around the world would have heard collectively over those few days. There's something to it. It's a powerful song. But uh, as far as the, you know, more of my review of the track, I would have preferred him using his natural register a bit more. Like his falsetto is good. It is good. But it sounds a little bit more like some of the songs on planet Earth than I would like. So I think his natural register would have been better. Uh, There's some cool screams towards the end. There's a nice short guitar solo with some subtle use of whammy. So that that didn't uh, annoy Uh annoy Captain too much. The sound is great. Like the sound quality, the way it's been mixed, really good production, a pleasure to hear really on speakers or headphones. doesn't matter. It just sounds good. But it was just awesome to hear his voice again. I got a little bit emotional. And I actually didn't, after I heard this first track, I didn't listen to the rest of the EP straight away. I just kept repeating this first song for a number of times because I couldn't believe I was hearing, quote unquote, a new Prince song. So um, it was really nice to hear his voice again, you know. And uh, that's basically it. So with that, we move into, I guess I should call this a suite, a suite of four songs. Mm. And it begins with a song called I Am, the second track on this EP. 
Hojam, why don't you open up with uh, your thoughts on this? Uh, this is funky. It's rocky. It's like ballsy. It's in my favorite guitar key of C sharp. Songs oh, yeah. like DMSR, Peach, they're in C sharp. And you get that low E, the minor third. And always, I love that sound. It sounds cool. You've got the Camille vocal. I mean, this to me, my first thought when I heard this was, ah, this is like P-Funk, the F-U-N-K, that uh, song. Yeah which was 2007 or something. Um, and it just sounds like that, like the Camille vocals back. But it's obviously a lot more rocky. I like the because, 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 because. Uh, again, sort of a reference to cause and effect. Like, again, these similar kind of themes from different eras. I think one of the albums, I think it might have been news when you stuck it in the uh, in the computer. It, like, had a visual effect saying, and it was like this slow emergence, and it would say, like, he causes to become or something. Um, so, obviously, this song is about Jehovah. It's about, you know, Yahweh creating. And um, as much as I'm not a big fan of religious lyrics, like, as a sort of imagery, it's really cool, though. Just like, you know, before there was anything bang you know lightning struck and there stood a man a man a man a man a man like it's kind of cool i really like it um i like the way when he sings a man a man a man you're not sure is he saying a man or is he saying amen kind of hmm. interesting play you've got the little hand claps going through it and the ooh, ooh, those, um, reminds me of debang from the crystal ball project which i think was ooh, like yeah. a leftover from something so it's, it's it's quite rocky uh you've got a doubled guitar solo which is really lotus flower kind of sound like lotus flower album has a lot of that where he has like one solo but then a secondary solo that's kind of playing little harmonies and little runoffs um it's really cool are we going to talk about the extended version yet or not yet yeah might as well i'm going to go into it yeah okay so obviously obviously there's there's the shorter version and the longer version the longer version sounds to me like there's been a few things added to it the third verse in the longer version is basically the same verse that they've just cut and paste they've added some strings and some things I imagine Prince would have done anyway, even if, even if he would have had different lyrics maybe for the third verse. Yeah, I, I think this is a cool track. It's rocky. It's funky. You know, just two notes in the bass. Bottom, bottom. It's just cool stuff. Yeah, and obviously this is this little sweet. I think there's definitely a lot of that sort of Adam and Eve theme going on. And, and the first song is all about the moment of creation where just bang, you know, the world comes into being kind of thing. So uh, like I said, as a, as a imagery, it's really cool. So I think it's a great track. Captain, what are your thoughts of I Am? So these four tracks make up this mini suite, which is a concept that I like. Starts off with that nice little raw acoustic guitar, which is not something you hear that much on Prince tracks generally. But I like this song. It's funky. It really sounds like like Lotus Flower era stuff, like just the guitar sounds, even, even the vocals. Some more like buried in the mix, crazy guitar stuff, but 125 to 131. Listen to that. The main riff where he does the ooh-ooh bit, that's really not an original thing, but it, it fits in this track. It, you know, something to do. Uh, Toe Jam already said you got these cool double-track guitar solos, 158. But yeah, I like the song, but yeah, there's, they're all pretty short. And that goes straight into the next one. i just add, this is quite similar to the song Boom from Lotus Flower. Same sort of sound and themes and yeah. Uh-huh. Interesting. I didn't even think of that. It'll be cool to listen to some of these songs back to back with some of those Lotus Flower tracks, actually, and the Planet Earth ones as well. Uh, Player, what are your thoughts on the song I Am? Yeah, I have to agree with you guys. It's really funky. It's probably my second favorite track on the EP. But yeah, just like all the little things that kind of, they're kind of like princisms, the, the hand claps and the oohs and the, you know, just the vibe of it. It's just got his trademark all over it and yeah i would have liked to have seen this on like a planet earth or even the lotus flower project i think it's just you know like when these things turn up it's like oh man like why did this get left off you know and Mm. 
why, why is that sort of on there? Yeah, and <laughs> things like that. Like those sort of things start going through my head when I hear songs like this. So yeah, it's just again, it's the rawness of it. You know, I, I don't know exactly what enhancements have been done to it, but it still s- sort of seems rawish and demoish. And but you know, obviously, it's been enhanced somehow. And I guess like the engineer working with Prince a lot would know you know, the way Prince works and what he would have maybe wanted. When you work with someone long enough, you kind of know how they operate. And I think these additions, whatever they are, you know, are, are okay. Like what they've actually done to it, you know, they haven't, you know, I think it's very different if there's some Prince recordings sitting in a vault and then they're given to somebody who wasn't involved in the project at all and then did like some sort of production on it, you know, and they wouldn't ah. really have an idea of the session, but. Ah, what? <laughs> I'm just wondering. No, if, if someone who didn't have a clue got their hands on it and did all this ridiculous stuff to it. Yeah. You're violently opposed to that, obviously. Oh, I mean, that, probably. That's, that's a possibility of things happening in the future, probably. But yeah, like, I think. You know, everything's where it's supposed to be, and it's it's really cool. It's, a, it's great to listen to. Oh, mm. I'll just say, since we're going to talk about it now, the extended version of this, I Am, it's got the cool little intro by Prince himself. Yeah. Which is cool. Yeah, yeah, that is great. One. I like how they've left that. It's Very nice really touch. Cool. See, that, you know, Prince wouldn't have left that on. That's just studio stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And he would have cut I'm that sure, off. So it's cool. Yeah, I'm, it's sure, I'm sure with every track he counts himself in or whatever. And of course, mm. it gets cut out yep. of every. To leave it in there, that's really great. Yeah. It's a nice little tidbit for the fans, isn't it? Like, just because yeah. you hear that so, so rarely. The only other example I can think of off the top of my head is the I Love You, but I Don't Trust You Anymore track where he does a similar thing. Yeah. Yeah. And it could be others, something yeah. on The Vault, Old Friends for Sale. Doesn't he count in one or two of those tracks? Yeah. Might, might be, yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. very rare though, yeah. Or the Truth album or something, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm. But yeah, it's still nice to have. It's great. Oh, I just thought of another one, Calhoun Square. That's the one I was thinking of when mm. he's like yeah, something, something. But anyway, doesn't matter. Right. Baby. <laughs> so my thoughts on I Am, this is the second track on this EP and it's the second best song on here, I think. I'm in agreement with all of you guys. It reminds me of... Again, something off the Lotus Flower album. Everyone's mentioned it. It's a funky rock song with a cool start-stop beat, and I really like that. I didn't think of Boom, but I'm going to have to play these back-to-back after Tojam mentioned the comparison to that song off the Lotus Flower record. This is basically a song about God, right, or the Creator, and that's actually cool. I'm kind of with Tojam on that in the sense that even though I'm not super into the, the religious lyrics, I actually think that this one... It really works. Like, this is probably the funkiest song anyone's ever written about (laughs) the creator or God or whatever you want to call it. I mean, it's pretty darn funky. And you get this visual image of things happening, you know, the moment of creation. It's got a power because of that. And we know that Prince was, was, you know, quite a spiritual person. Uh, And that's probably an understatement, if anything. And I think this is throughout this period of his career, this was a piece of music that he was really into. Uh, he sounds like he's into it, just like he is on Deliverance. So it's cool hearing him, you know, really into the music. I mean, that's the way I kind of hear it anyway. And I like the heavier rocking sound. It's a pleasure listening to Prince's music anytime it's a bit heavier. And it's reminiscent to me of of songs like Wall of Berlin. There's a similarity between that and this to me. And again, I've said this already, but uh-huh. in summary... You've got a song here where Prince is basically explaining his belief system or parts of it in a in a really funky fashion. So it's hard to beat. You know, when you put those two things together, you've got his something that he's really into, and he's doing it 
in a really funky, funky way on a song like this. So, yeah, not more, not much more I can say about it other than the extended track is better, and it's better because it's longer. Simple as that. So uh, that's my thoughts, or those are my thoughts, I should say. Let's move into track number three, Touch Me. <laughs> At the same time filling me up and making me ho-ho-ho. I'm gonna <laughs> throw it to Captain. <laughs> so so many things were running through my mind when I when I said that. But the song is actually entitled <laughs> Touch Me. And uh Captain, why don't you take over take over this uh, review? I've got so little to say about this, and it's not because it's only for the reason that it's so short and there's hardly anything to say. Basically, this track is just a whole bunch of chord changes with very few lyrics. It's just under what was it, a minute 49 or something. He's When he sings, his voice sounds really good, but there's just really nothing there. It's just another little section in the suite. It does mm. that. It fulfills that purpose, but on its own, it's, it's, it's nothing really. I don't know what the lyrics are, but it just fits in second track out of four. Two of four, we can call it. That's all i got to say. There's, there's nothing. Well, we, we don't normally do this. I don't dislike it, but there's just so little there. The chord changes are very Prince, I'll say that. As soon as you hear it, you're like, yes, he did that. But that's, hmm. that's it. Okay. And, and we don't normally do this, but I think it might make sense to actually ask you what you think about the next track as well, Sunrise, Sunset. Maybe everyone can repeat that, you know, repeat your review oh. in the same sort of format. Because they are... It, they are Connected, yeah. They yeah. go straight into each other kind of thing. And they're both okay. short. Okay, so. so the next song, which is Sunrise Sunset, of course I like this song. This is probably... No, it is. It's my favourite track on this whole thing. Wow. <laughs> With probably I Am a close Jeez. second. And then Deliverance. The first line, or the first few words, his voice is cracking badly, which makes me wonder if this was just a rough take and this wasn't like a final vocal because he wouldn't put... I don't think he'd put that out. I, I was but just this, thinking that's that. That's probably because all he had to work with, so that's what we got. Would Prince want us to hear that? It's a good question. His voice breaking Possibly. like that, it's not super polished. It's only just at the, like the first little bit, but it's, it's obvious for me. So it could have just been a rough you know, guide vocal, which he was going to redo, which he never got to, obviously. The worst thing about this song is it's just over a minute long. It's too short. This could have been a great longer track, even if it was wait, just like three minutes. Wait till you hear the single release of this song, Captain. It'll be 30 oh, seconds. Single edit. The single edit. Oh, yeah, it's seven inch edit. Oh, it's going to be about four seconds. <laughs> There's some really nice musical parts all over this track, all, all like major, mostly major stuff, I think. It's very nice. Someone might call it sugary or syrupy or one of those words we'll see i like how it finishes right in the middle of a bit and and it just changes key and starts off into the next track because where it ends previously in the song he did that bit twice but then at the end he does it once and then it just changes and goes into the next track it's interesting but i yeah i really like this song if only we had a better vocal in the first like five seconds but i, I can live with it i have to live with it there's no other choice it's good it's very good you're right, you do have to live with it. Player, what, uh, how are you living with these two tracks, Touch Me and Sunrise Sunset? What do you think of them? Uh, yeah, this is kind of where it dips for me. It, like When I hear this, I'm thinking of the morning after a bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's got that kind of quirkiness. It's got that, like, that, that Prince quirkiness about it. But it's like, And there is like a know. little harpsichord sound clapping yeah. something in there as well. Yeah. I don't know. And when I hear it, I'm just thinking the morning after. 
and you know, which I mean, is that's great. Been, it's been infamously been reviewed on our show, so I'm sure our listeners know all about the morning after. But yeah, I'm just it's it's nice, but it's just, it doesn't I do know. it for me, kind of thing. <laughs> just on the, just quickly on what Captain said about the vocal, um, you know, I get these instances maybe where you know Prince maybe had this destined for the vault. And I think that's what he does to work very quickly. Like he gets the idea out, maybe not do the best vocal, but just sort of like records it as, you know, what he wants to do and then stores it. And then like years down the track, if he wants to work with it, bring it out and then, you know, re-record it the way he wants to do it. So maybe that's what it was, you know, just working quickly, get the idea out, put it in the vault. And maybe that's what it was. It was just something recorded really quickly and that's all they had to work with. But yeah, it's interesting, but it's just, just kind of a dip in the kind of the middle of this for me. Hmm. Well, it is all that we're hearing everything that is available, you know, and potentially yeah. some additions that Prince didn't even make. So you're right. I mean, it's it's kind of weird to talk about it. The other two don't seem Deliverance and I Am seem to me more complete songs. And I don't. Yeah. I'm not saying that just because they're longer. Uh, although I'm sure that has a lot to do with it. They, they seem more formed. Yeah. Mm, yeah. But uh, I don't have too much to say about Touch Me or Sunrise Sunset other than his vocals are a little too flimsy for me on both of them. A player mentioned uh, the song The Morning After. I'm also thinking about all the midnights in the world and resolution and things of that nature. I'm just not really feeling it. Like, flimsy is the word. Very um, lackluster. Yeah, the vocals are like I just feel like it's it's almost com like comic book type music. I, I don't even know what I mean by that. It's just kind of like not really. It's, I can't it's take like it. where's it's where's the effort? That's what it is. It's autopilot. It's just like yeah, I'm doing another song. Yeah, yeah, and that's and it could There's have no been passion. and it could have been just guide vocal to play yeah. his point. I think you mentioned that as well. Like it's just he's just doing it because he's recording an idea quickly. That's what it sounds like anyway. But in saying that, the music, purely the music alone on the on the track Touch Me is is kind of cool. Like, it's a nice composition. Sunrise, Sunset, though, again, vocals are way too flimsy. It's Sesame Street sounding. It's like kids' music. <laughs> I, I'm not really into that. Like, sun, seriously, Sunrise, Sunset sounds like music to the Lion King 2 soundtrack or something like that. I mean, it's just not... I'm not digging it. So with that, I'm going to hand it over to Toe Jam. What do you think about Touch Me and Sunrise Sunset? I completely disagree with you guys. I think this is great. Um, yes. And I, I diversity wins. <laughs> um, I agree that it's best to review these as basically one track that sort of go together. To me, I think this shows his versatility as a composer. I mean, he's doing these cool little operatic um, musical things, interesting chord progressions, interesting arrangements, lots of strings and different sounds going on, little harpsichords and things, and like lots of little complementary bits. I, I think the melody, the melodies are really quite interesting, I think. At the very beginning of Touch Me, you've got this like soft, spacey guitar bend that like pitches way up high. It's very reminiscent of, I think, Into the Lotus and Out of the Lotus, the, the, the beginning yeah. and ending tracks, a lot of that sort of stuff. So, again, it's that same era. Obviously, the song is about kind of Adam. Like, you know, he's it's from the point of view of the first man, or I guess, like singing, he's alone and um, now he can touch, now he can feel. But is there someone else that, to, tell, to tell him he's real? Like, it's cool. Like, it's a quirky little idea for a musical. I really like the ending of Touch Me, where there's, there's a really cool instrumental um, guitar bit. It's sort of... Shuffles into a 12-8. That's really cool, that part. Sunrise Sunset starts, like, it's got that same sort of thing that the beautiful one has, where it's just the, the major piano keys just going, ding, 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 ding. Uh, reminded mm. me straight away of the beautiful ones. Um, or again, the, um, 
the the break in diamonds and pearls. Yeah, same. Yeah, he likes that. Yeah, too. that's yeah. it. Yeah, uh, I've got nice strings. It starts with a, what you think is going to be a very generic chord progression, but then he does a, a bit more interesting things with it by jumping up to these high notes and then running down. Uh, you know, I think I think these are interesting little tracks that, like I said, um, really displays diversity as a composer, and, and I think they fit really well in in the suite. You have the you know the big moment of creation, the loud thunder, and and then suddenly you've got the nice sweetsy. You know, the, oh, they're in the Garden of Eden now, so um, it's cool. And I, I agree with Captain. I love the way it runs into the final track now. No one else. It's cool the way it just goes straight into that. So I guess we're up to there now. I have to say, hearing you gushing about this uh, song restores my faith in the diversity of this podcast and everyone's opinion. It's incredible, isn't it? <laughs> like between between all four of us, this is a masterpiece. If you like, take the best <laughs> reviews. <laughs> if you take the best of what everyone, each of us, have said, like this is an, oh, a masterful great. work. But I will say one thing uh, that I forgot to mention for this not this mini suite of songs within the suite: the Touch Me and Sunrise. B- pieces there's some really nice acoustic guitar playing throughout mm. those songs both underneath the melody and also i think there's some cool strumming if memory serves me correctly throughout the the music and i can't remember who said it earlier it might have been captain but you don't hear a lot of that in his music so not sure why but you don't and so here you get to hear a bit more of that so that's kind of cool let's go into the last song which is entitled no one else And I'm going to hand it over to Captain. This song, it starts off really funky with that guitar and the bass. But then just after that, it just sort of dies. It's like really, I said before, it's just lackluster sounding generally. But again, like we said, it could be just basic vocal takes just to get it down. The drums are like so simple. It's sad. Just to confirm. It sounds like he's falling asleep. Yes. Are you talking about No One Else? The song No One Else? Yes. Okay, I just yes. wanted to make sure. Okay. Until I think we're about 57 seconds in. And then finally he wakes up. There's a little keyboard bit. And then he actually starts singing instead of just like blah, 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 which, which is good. And then you get a bit of sunrise, sunset back again. And then you get some horns in there. And you get, again, you get this like Camille-esque sounding voice at 111. That's, that comes back. But the funniest part on this entire six-track EP is at 154 to, I don't know, about two minutes. And I don't know what it's supposed to be. I did it at the start of the show. It's just Prince just in, like, probably one of the lowest notes he can do is just like, I don't know what it's supposed to be. It's really weird. I don't even know what you're talking about because I haven't heard, I've listened to this EP a number of times. I haven't heard it. I've got to check it out. I'm going to check it out. It's It's just strange stuff. I don't know what it's meant to be. And then... Maybe someone fell asleep in the studio or something. (laughs) Him. (laughs) On the console. Uh, (laughs) Then you get a bit of Touch Me as well, 206. You've got to stop saying that. I really like the outro, uh, 232. And to the end, like some nice little changes there. It's a good song. It's the finale of the little suite. It's good. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I agree with you. Uh, this is this is a cool track. I, I, I don't agree with your first 57-second analysis where you talk about, uh, I don't even know oh what, man. but this whole song is awesome. Uh, it's easily tied in second place with I Am for me, and on a good day, I think it'll take its place. 
This is a cool song. It sounds like a mix of, I don't know, Sign of the Times, Black Album, Love Sexy type stuff. It sounds like an outtake from that era in some parts. It's got this hypnotic groove, cool, really nice bass parts that he's playing. And there's some weird, there are some weird undertones halfway through. And that's what I had in my notes. And I'm going to listen back to this song at 154 and see if maybe those weird undertones that I'm talking about are actually those weird voices that you're referring Probably. to. I'll let you know. But the one thing that I don't really like is the addition of the fake strings in the background. They're a bit much here. Like, it just doesn't suit the tone of the music. I feel like there's a kind of a dark tone to it, um, like a mysterious kind of vibe. And those fake synth strings, they ruin that. And I actually think, this is my best guess, that Ian Boxhill added those strings on this song. I think they would have been... The song would have sounded a lot better without them. And if they are his editions, then I don't like them. If they're Prince's editions, I still don't like them. This is like one of those minimalist tracks. The less that's on it, I think the better. And uh, that's about it. The only other thing I've got is the ending is nice. It's got a nice little cool coda to the track. This is one song I'd return to more than once. You know, it's something I can play back often and, you know, check it out. See, see, see what else there is to Even though it's a short piece of music. It's got some cool elements to it. So, uh, Toejam, what do you think about No One Else, the EP closer? Oh, I think this is very funky. Um, <laughs> very, very good. All the way through this track, there's a really funky blues guitar in the background playing some really nice little bends. It's very trebly. It's like a distorted sort of sound, but it's very trebly. Really interesting kind of sound he's getting. Just real classic blues guitar. The bass sounds like a five-string bass to me. Like, it's very low. It's kind of rare that Prince has those really deep bass. You know, he obviously prefers the four-string. This one sounds like five-string. It's got the lower notes on it. Uh, there's some really cool ghost notes going on in the bass. Camille vocal again. I really like the synth line when that comes in. Um, like, interesting notes. I like the brass swells. I have a feeling in, in the second or third verse, I have a feeling they've been added later, but I, again, I think they fit really well. It's got a wobbly synth part in one of the bits. It reminds me of the solo he did in uh, Brand New Orleans, that same sort of wah, 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 wah solo. Um, so again, you're getting all these little references throughout this whole EP that remind you of other moments in other songs from that era. Uh, the low vocal bit that Captain's talking about, I've written down, it reminds me of one of the Madhouse tracks. One of the Madhouse tracks has this like sample going, ho, ho, ho. Uh, I don't know if you guys did yeah. that. And, um, <laughs> that's what it reminds me of. <laughs> I agree with Captain. The, the biggest disappointing thing in this song is the drums. They just It sounds to me like when they're writing the song, they've just had a quick drum loop and they've just cut and paste that loop basically the whole song. It just feels like at some point the drums need to get bigger and they, they just don't. They just stay on that bump. Jink. Yeah. The song's building, but the drums aren't, and it just kind of, it's a bit flat. But you know, other than that, it's, we have to remember while we're reviewing this, like Prince didn't put these out for a reason, and that's probably because mm. he thought that they weren't ready. And so when we hear these bits and we go, oh, well, you know, the drums aren't very good. I mean, you know, it's potentially one of the things he wanted to go back and fix. So we'll yeah. never know. But I mean, yeah. for what it is, it's a very funky track. What's interesting about this EP is that it starts with the big moment of creation it's then it goes into the Adam thing and then it goes into obviously Eve's been created at some point and he's talking about how he loves Eve and you're thinking this song oh, it sounds a bit darker it's going to get into the whole you know the Satan snake thing and it doesn't mm -hmm. so you know whether that was the next song in the that suite, was coming we'll next know. yeah 
But this this hint, the sound of this hints that that's where it's going towards, but it never goes there. Yeah, yeah, it never it never gets there. And, and you know, if it maybe it ended there, who knows? Like maybe he's saying Adam and Eve, that's it. You don't need anyone else. Uh, that's it. We're done. <laughs> We're good. He's mm-hmm. found his Eve. Who knows? But you mentioned something really, I think, really critical right at the end of your review when you said, we have to remember that Prince didn't release these songs for a reason. And word for word, what you just said is exact. Like, that is precisely true. Regardless of what the reason was, these songs never came out while he was alive. And yeah, you're right. When we talk about him, who bloody knows what <laughs> he would have done with them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> or, or whether, and who knows whether even if he reworked some of these songs... Going to say he's off the hook now. Like every other time, we would have said, Oh, the drums aren't very good. We can go, Oh, bloody Prince, yeah, yeah. release that. What are you doing now? It's like, Well, you know, he's off the hook. <laughs> That's all we've got. <laughs> what are you going to do? Get your act together. <laughs> well, now we can blame the engineers, so it's good. I mean, the show can go on, but yeah, you're right. So that, that is the case. Uh, let's move on to uh, player and let him round out his uh, the, our review of the EP by listening to his review of No One Else. Player, I have to agree with you guys. This uh, track's funky, but it's. I don't know. There's something about it that's like Toadjam said. It's, it's kind of just it builds. It doesn't really build to anything. I also have to agree with MC with the strings. We know before this era he was dealing with Claire Fisher, and we know after this era there was string genius. So I would say, at a guess, that MC's right about the strings has probably been added by the engineer. So yeah, it, it's it's kind of one of those things that doesn't make it sound princely, I guess. But yeah, I, I agree. It's it's. It's it's a cool thing to listen to, like from a historical kind of standpoint, like to know what Prince was working on. But as a, like an official kind of standpoint, you know, it's you know it shouldn't be released, kind of thing. You're saying it shouldn't be released. This song. Well, see, this is the thing. Like as a fan, I want to hear everything. Mm. You know what I mean, but then it's a point of like, well, there's a difference between hearing it and having it as part of the collection. You know, as having it as part of the collection, am I going to revisit it? Many times, maybe not, but I'd still like to hear it. You know, I still like to hear like the work in progress or the way he worked or an idea he was working on. I, there's this still part of that curiosity about it, but the actual final product, you know, is it something that I'm satisfied with? I mean, this brings us to. I mean, we've we've reviewed the music, we've talked about the songs, mm. but it brings us to, I think, the inevitable conclusion of this episode, which is. I guess exactly what you're just talking about, player. Which is how we com- how comfortable are we? Are we happy that we heard this? I mean, there's a whole lot of stuff going on in the background that we touched on earlier in the episode about the legalities and and the estate and the person who released this music. But what do we think? What is everyone? I mean, would we rather? Is there anyone here who would rather not have heard it? You mean the whole thing? The whole thing, just as as the release as it came out. Is there anyone here after hearing it? Even though clearly all four of us enjoy some of the material, is there anyone here that would say, you know what, it's cool, what I heard was cool, but based on principle alone, I still wouldn't have wanted to hear any of it? No, not me. Since when have we ever had any principles? Come on. (laughs) (laughs) It's not the principles podcast, for God's sake, it's Peach and Black. The fact is, from now on, a lot of the stuff that the estate will officially release, to some extent, is probably going to be unfinished by Prince himself. I think, like, the contents of the vault, I've said this before, I reckon probably less than a quarter, maybe a third at the most, are fully done songs. All the rest of it is just, like, riffs and ideas, and here's a minute of an idea I had. I'll get back to that one day. It's a storage some of them, of ideas. Some of them, exactly. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of stuff, well, if they choose to release it, 
which we're going to look at as like, well, that's just a demo. Obviously, it's not finished. Mm. We've got just got to get used to that now. But here's the here's the thing, you and you raised something really interesting when you said the word demo. Why would Ian Boxhill not have released this as the Deliverance EP, and then in brackets, at least for every song outside of Deliverance, in brackets, put the word demo in there, just so that people knew that's what they were listening to. I think he had a bit too much uh, to self-confidence in his um, abilities to finish the track. Mm. That could have been part of it. Because he really, might have think he fully finished the track, and he's like, "I can just put that out," and uh, that sounds like a finished track mm. to him. But he was happy with it that he puts it out. But if he's really doing justice to print, because again, I don't know how many of you guys read the press release and and what's available on the PrinceRogersNelson.com website, but the way that that all reads sounds like he really wants to do right by Prince fans. He wants to give people an opportunity to hear this music, to hear Prince's spiritual voice and all this sort of stuff. But if that's just giving the majority of the money to the estate as well. Yeah, I guess my only question is, and that's all fantastic, but my, my only question is this, if that's your true intention, why are you tinkering with the music? Why are you finishing it when it sounds like, at least to us, that most of it would have been pretty much untouched. the same if, if he wouldn't have touched it? I mean, we don't have a know. before and after comparison. Mm, that's true. His possibility of, of what's happened is that Prince has done like, you know, I mean, the, to me, they sound pretty well finished anyway. Like, even if he took out all the additional bits like let's say prince has got him 85 percent done and then for all we know he's written notes and like or boxel knows of what prince wanted to do but just never got around to it so in that sense is it boxhill doing the wrong thing or is it him just trying to fulfill what prince originally intended anyway and if, if so i think he's done a pretty close job to it but then you know what why not also release the demos like i don't know it's just it's weird it's weird to me that he hasn't highlighted a single song that says demo like he could have he's released an extended version of i am why couldn't he have put a seventh track on here just for curiosity's sake one of the songs as a demo originally as prince recorded it like why couldn't there he was, have done that there was some other guy on twitter who's like oh these tracks finally they've came out but he've added, he's added stuff to them i've had these tracks for years so now i'm just waiting for that guy to put out the untouched tracks yeah that's that the only be, way we're gonna know be, what what he did to them yeah well player said i think player mentioned it, we have no comparison that's it like we have no way of knowing what the originals sound like so until until we get a comparison we won't know but i i just wonder a little bit i have to be completely honest here about the motivation the true motivation behind the way that this was packaged because when the press release came out, when the website was put together, there was nothing said in any of that stuff, or at least nothing that was obvious to, to someone who was purchasing this to know that potentially they weren't listening to Prince songs that were completed in his lifetime. They were listening to music that, were, that was completed by someone else. So does everyone get what I mean? Like, it's not, it's not as if he was wearing, Ian Boxer was wearing his heart on his sleeve and being completely transparent about what he was releasing to the market and i think he should know better because the prince fans can be a tough bunch i mean there's some hardcore fans out there i've got two points one of them is if this guy hadn't released these tracks considering what the estate has in the vault which is a lot 
if Ian Boxall didn't release these tracks, I think the chance that the estate releasing them one day eventually is very, very small. We probably never would have heard these tracks. Correct. Correct. I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree In an official well. yeah. release from the estate. So I don't care. I mean, I, look, from now on, like people are saying, oh, but he did it to make money. Well, of course he's going to try and get some money. Yeah, but- he did work. I, I, but the I, point I I, is, since Prince died, he's not getting any money. From now on, all money is going to other people. Mm. That's it. So I don't and, care if it's this guy, or if it's the estate, or if it's going straight into Tyker's pocket. I do not care anymore about who's making money. If this happened when he was alive, this guy put out these tracks, then you're taking money out of Prince's pocket. That is not an issue anymore. So I have no problem with anyone making money anymore because it's not hurting Prince at all. It's not stealing money out of his pocket. And even in an official release where the money's going to the estate, with Graceland running Paisley Park and the prices that they're charging, that place is fully self-sufficient. The money they're going to make from releases is not going to close down Paisley Park. With the money they're charging, that place is doing fine. So I don't care where the money goes. In addition to everything you've just said, I've also got this fairly strong opinion about people, anyone, and this isn't even related to Prince, but anyone saying, ah, oh, this person did it for the money, or you know, they're only doing it because they want to make money. And now I'm going to bring it back into the Prince world. People, fans or observers or whoever saying, oh, this Ian Boxhill guy, he only released this because he wanted to get paid. Okay, let me be really clear right now for anyone who's listening. Generally, Didn't when people know? He do loves things, working for free. Generally, when people do things, they do it to get paid. That's how the That's world his works. Job. Everyone his does job. <laughs> exactly. Everyone does something for the money. That's how the that's how the world spins, people. It just it really frustrates me when people say that. For example, when people release books about Prince and people go, "Oh, they only publish that because they want to make a buck. They want to make a few dollars. They want to earn." Yeah, that's, of course. <laughs> every author does. Every person that writes a book that has it published that sells it online or at a physical, you know, physical copy at a store, they are doing it because they want it read and they want to make money out of it. Yeah. And they there's didn't nothing spend wrong the last with four that. years writing a book just for the love of it. They're just like, going to get it, all the money and throw it in the garbage. Yeah, it's like, do people not realize that writing a book about any subject takes time, effort, energy, care, passion, research, dedication? Like, books just don't fall out of the sky. People put their lives into, you know, into certain books. I just want to say something about Maite's book because I, I read this somewhere online recently and someone was... I mean, many people are saying Maite's selling out. She's just trying to make money off Prince's name. Well, well, wait a minute, guys. First of all, have you read the book or listened to the audiobook? That's my first question for, for the haters. And second of all, and usually the answer is no, but even for people that have read the book or listened to the audiobook version, that's how the system works. You put out product, you get paid for it. It's just how the system works. But for anyone who just... Covering the Maite book really quickly, for anyone that has read that book, you would quickly realize that that book is a labor of love. I mean, she's put her life and soul into that. And as in her own words, it's not a tell-all. And, you know, there'll be people that are on both sides of that fence about whether it is or it isn't. She's saying she hasn't said everything. And I think as as people, <laughs> we have to believe her, even though she's shared a lot of private information. But the point is, you know what? It doesn't matter. People are going to be writing books about Prince forever. Uh, coffee books, photographic, you know, exposition, interviews. Everyone's got something to say about him now. 
You know, the mm. biggest point about the Maite book, I'll just say quickly, is it was her life too. It's her mm. story. People forget about that. People forget There's about no that. reason she cannot say what happened in her life. It's going to yeah. be a bit hard for her to write that book and omit everything about Prince. That's just exactly. ridiculous. So that's what if anyone's going to argue yeah. that, that's just stupidity, really. Yeah. It's the, the, the title of the book is not The Beautiful One. It's The Beautiful Ones. There was two of them. It was a, yep. you know, incredible relationship based on everything that she's written. You're right, Captain. It's, it's, a, it's a story about two people, not one person. So, so anyway, that was a bit of ranting. But uh, where, 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 so where are can we I, Can I just add something to that about, you know, the estate not releasing it or approving it or whatever? Like, I know there's a lot going on in their world with rights and merchandise and Paisley Park and everything that goes along with it. But I mean, as far as releases goes, they're really dragging the chain. And as far as I'm concerned, if they're not going to release something and someone else is, they're not, you know, I'll take it kind of yep. thing. And, you know, and if this guy, if Ian Boxhill's putting his hand up and say, you know, I've got these tracks, I've worked on them, you know, I, I don't know why they have an aversion to it not being released. I, I don't know if it's got to do with money or quality or what, but, you know, if someone's saying... I can get this out there. Like, if I was the estate, I'd just rub a stamp and say, get it out, you know, like just to keep the fans kind of engaged and, you know, while they're working out their stuff, get get some of their stuff out, you know, or at least a former team, a dedicated team of curators to, you know, maybe there is people going through the vault. I don't know. We don't know. Like, you know, they're playing their cards close to their chest, but have a team of people that are going to decide, like, what's going to come out and start the ball rolling because, you know, at the moment, like, just with everything that's going on, it's, it's just like the chain's being dragged a bit. Yep. Well, and, and that's and why the other I, thing, don't, I don't mind this release coming out. Yeah. And in saying all that, though, the other, the other angle here is a legal one. And we're going to find out in due course whether what Ian Boxhill and uh, his the people that he, he worked with to get this release out there, whether what they did was legal or whether it wasn't. Because if it's – I mean, a state can object all they want. And, uh, you know, they, they, on the surface, they have a right to because it's music by the artist that they are the estate of. So they should object. There's nothing wrong with objecting the release, you know, on one hand. But on the other hand, yeah, of course, it depends if it's legal. If he's allowed to do it, and we don't know that, you know, we're not solicitors but, or lawyers, but if it's proven that it's illegal, well, it draws a line in the sand. If a, a final judgment says that what he did was okay, then that'll be it. So we have to see how that plays out. But it, none of this changes the fact that a few days before April 21st, 2017, after a year of patient waiting for music, the hungry, thirsty, passionate, worldwide Prince audience mm -hmm. finally got to hear some unreleased music. And I think that's what we should end it on. People have heard new sounds from their favorite artist. And you know what? At the end of the day, I think that's what matters to most of them. You know, there's a whole lot going on in the background, but that's not for us to get into and not for us to be involved with. So with that, that's the end of our Deliverance EP review. You know what we haven't done in ages is shout outs. I think we need to do some shout outs. Who has some shout outs? Yeah, I have a shout out. I want to shout out to Riaz. Thank you, brother. It was great to see you the other night at Late Night Tough Guy Prince Tribute. Shout out to you. And shout out to Late Night Tough Guy. Isn't that right, Captain? Yay! Captain and I were there. It was a Prince tribute on April 21st. It was fantastic. It was like five hours of nonstop Prince bangers. And uh, mm. Sydney turned it out. It was really good. Packed the place out. It was packed. Out. It was yeah. way more people than I even expected. It was crazy. Yeah, it was great. 
So thank you, Sydney, for turning that on. And uh, Late Night Tough Guy's got another one in June 16 in Manchester. Everyone in Manchester in the UK, go onto Facebook, type in Late Night Tough Guy, L-A-T-E. T-U-F-F-N-I-T-E. T-U-F-F-G-U-Y. And yeah, get yourself to it because it's a great show. I think he's planning some London, Paris in the future. So get on there and have yeah, a look. Paris, keep your eye out. And Melbourne, keep your eye out because apparently that's where he's looking to go to next. And uh, that's Cam, well-renowned DJ. Go and check him out. Yeah. We met him before the uh, before the gig. He's a really nice guy. Yeah, I, I, someone introduced me to him. I didn't even know who he was. They're just like, oh, this is Cam. And I'm like, hi, Cam. <laughs> <laughs> like 10 minutes later, he's walking on stage. I'm like... Oh, <laughs> I didn't have a clue. He's a really nice guy, and he did such great work. He was so nervous. And oh, it was good. He was great. So uh, if you want to have a good night, definitely recommended by Peach and Black Podcast. Get yourself there and uh, let us know on our social media when you get there, that you're there and uh, representing. I've got a shout out to Ian Boxall for freeing those tracks, which I'm pretty sure we would never have heard if he hadn't d- did what he did. So, Ian, yeah, if free you want to come on the show, let us know. <laughs> free yourself. Free the tracks and get yourself on this podcast. Yourself. Yeah. Shout out to everyone who listens to this show. Why not? Yep. Oh, shout out to the people that voted for us in the In the Castaway Awards. Do you yeah. Wanna, do you want to explain it? In our category. We did win our category. We music, won. arts, and literature, most popular. Popular. Most popular in literature, music, and arts. So thank yeah. you. That was from you guys voting. It was the inaugural Castaway Australian Podcast Awards, and we won that category. So massive thank you to you guys for doing that. Yeah. And also, shout out to anyone who listens to my Captain Says podcast, all yeah. four of you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Obsessed huh? by Music. Listen to oh, that. Obsessed by Music by Some MC. guy called... No, no, no. no. Oh, oh, oh. Rob S. Rob Essie. <laughs> S.A. I, 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 every time I read it, I'm like, S.A., like some hey, Mexican S-A. guy. Yeah. <laughs> OBM. Says my music, yeah. Where's your, where's your podcast? Where's the, where's the 80s hip-hop podcast? Uh, well, people have got to demand it. <laughs> <laughs> if you want it, hit us up on uh, Twitter. You can either at Peach and Black Podcast or at DNA Player, let us know. And Toe Jam's just too busy, I think. Well, Toe Jam's got Cheap Fakes, which is his band. I'm sure you... And I just saw on Twitter he announced a bunch of dates. Oh, there you go. You're in Australia. Check out Cheap Fakes. So that's it. This has been another Peach and Black podcast episode brought to you by Rob S. Player, Captain and Toe Jam. And we'll be back again into your ear holes for another episode sometime soon. Peace. You did say ear holes, right? Yes, (laughs) I did. I hope I did. Done. There you go.